0: Day 103, welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors Podcast. I'm John after a little brief hiatus. Yep, and I'm Keith, my boy John, back, man. Back, yep. Uh, yep. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to help you see that the Bible is more like a window than a mirror. You come to a window to look through it and see God, not um, at it to look at yourself. And I think the yeah. Bible just works better when we see that it is a book. Primarily about God, and yes, we are in the book of Ezra. And I'm glad to be back, man. This is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, um, God, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was grateful to you know sit and read along. I thought you and Kim mm. killed it, but there's something about right like Ezra in chapter seven. We're gonna get to that, <laughs> you know, studying and preparing to teach that it just mm. makes it yeah, yeah, sink into your heart a bit more. So Real Ezra. Quick. Real quick,
1: keep it real, man. You really was reading in Chronicles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right.
0: Read through the whole joint. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, Ezra, chapter one through four. All right. Give us a little bit of background into the book, Keith.
1: All right. So Ezra um, and Nehemiah was one book, right, before... Many, many moons ago, it was one book, um, but only last few hundred years, it's been separated into two. Uh, basically, the history behind this book is super, yeah. super helpful in understanding it. You you probably will be a little lost if you don't know just general background. So we know that um, left off in Chronicles, uh, the people of Judah were taken to Babylon, right? Yeah. They get exiled to Babylon in waves. So in 605, you know, that's Daniel. They get uh, a, a group goes then. 597 that's Ezekiel A group goes then And then 539 uh, I'm sorry 586 That's when uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes And destroys the temple He just gets reckless All this stuff So Ezra and Nehemiah Is about the exiles returning Right Them returning to Jerusalem God promised If you guys repent Turn back to me He even said that in Deuteronomy If you guys turn back I will will come get y'all I'm gracious I'm merciful Right So this is about returning And rebuilding Right Ezra and Nehemiah Returning and rebuilding Um and it's basically about returning and rebuilding the house of God and that that right. phrase is going to come up over and over and over and it's the bible is multidimensional right so like right. when he says the house of God he literally does mean the temple but he also does mean the people right yep so um yeah that's kind of where we are and so yeah coming to Ezra 1 my man king Cyrus Persia Persia is the leading empire in this day and I want you guys to hear right. this I know it's a lot of a lot of history but Persia Babylon took Judah and then Persia come and conquers Babylon. Yeah. So Persia, so so Babylon took over Assyria, and then yep. Persia takes over Babylon. And so you just see like, yeah, like God is going to use Persia to bring yep. his people back in the land. Right.
0: Yeah. So high level, the very first thing that you see here is, yep, yeah, Israel has been exiled be because of their sin. Yeah. Um But exile is not the end of the story, right? God is still at work. And that's what this... So this comes out. And from the very first verses of the first chapter, it's showing you, yo, God is still at work because what you don't get are the heroes of the story going to convince the king that it's a good idea for him to let them go back. But what you get from the outside is they said, no, 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 look, look. God said he was going to send them off. Mm-hmm. God said he was going to bring them back. Yeah. So, what God does is God moves on the heart of a pagan king, yep. not just to allow people to come back, right? So, it's not like God said, Yo, Ezra, go and ask for paid time off, yo, and I promise I got you, <laughs> yeah. right? God moves on the heart of the king. So, the king initiates this conversation. So he's the wind in their sails and mm. not just the wind in their sails, but he's also gonna fund this thing. Mm. So what you have is God moving on the heart of a pagan king to fund the renewal yeah. of a temple and his people. Bro, when God is on your side, dog, mm. you do not have to try to finagle things. Yo. Yeah. Like God is showing that when he's at work like um yeah it, it's not that we just like pray for God's grace to show up but when God's grace does show up like it's driving in a car and it's pulling us mm. like on a skateboard in the back we got to do all that we can just to keep up with God's goodness
1: absolutely man and it's like crazy too because there's there's this this idea that um you know in the text, the Bible will say it's because of prophecy of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah mm. 25 talked about how, yo, y'all are going to return. And, yeah. and so we see, like, not just um, God working in his prophecy, but God, like, working, like you said, historically. And so it's like, man, God, this is the thing I was been to about. God works on the micro and the macro, bro. Uh-huh. Like, he yep. shifts history. You see what right. I'm saying? Right, right, but right. But he right. also moves in heart. So he roused the spirit yeah. of Cyrus. The Bible right, says right. in chapter one, but he roused the spirit of the people to like, oh, go back. And yeah. so, um, yeah, man, like God works on every level. He can shift cultures, shatter kingdoms. He did that, right? With Babylon, right. Like, Egypt, all this. Right. And in the midst of public policy and public affairs, right? Because right. this is a legal decree that they can go right. back. And yeah. so the king, yeah, the king of Persian Empire allows, yeah, Judah and Benjamin, Bible say, uh, to go back. Yeah. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yep. And then, so it just, yeah. oh, yeah. No, no, keep on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's move through. Two. Yeah. So, in yeah. two, like, it's like, yo, you're going to see this, like, genealogy. And basically, it's just going to show the people that came back where they come from, right? So, like, obviously, we know genealogy is big in the Old Testament. Um, and it's just showing that, no, no, these are the same folks who was in the pre exilic right. community. Right. You see what I'm saying? These are the folks that, that, that the descendants are messed up, right? Some of these right, folks are right. messed up. And God is so gracious to show, like, no, these are the same people that came right. back, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's yeah. like, yo, bro, this is what I was blown away by. He counts all the people. It says forty-two thousand, and it's like, right, what happened to the millions of people that was a part right. of Israel? You think about Joshua. Remember we was doing like uh, when they were making the military formation and numbers, and they were going yeah. into the land. It's yeah. millions of folks, and now it's like right. forty-two. You know. Right, 42,000, right? It's this remnant returning uh, yeah. because some people, yeah, we're literally unfaithful and turn away from the Lord, but the God is still gracious to his people overall and that 42,000, yeah, will come back into the land. Yep, yep. So sends him back. Uh-huh. Z-
0: Zerubbabel leads out to rebuild the temple. The foundation is laid yeah. and there's this strange response at the
1: end of the, Chapter three. Yeah, what's that all about? Yeah, and so like they come, they come back, people come back, and then they get to work, right? So they rebuild the house of God, literally, right? Like so they're rebuilding the temple in the same place <clears throat> and at the same time that, that Solomon rebuilt the temple during the right. feast of booths, right? Uh. And so they're rebuilding the temple, offer sacrifices. The sacrifices are restored. It seems like things is getting right. Zerubbabel and Joshua, right? All these other cats is leading out. And then the most anticlimactic moment comes. Mm. People start crying. Right? Two groups of people start crying. Some of the people who seen the first temple start crying, and then some of the younger cats who who don't remember, who didn't know are shouting with joy. So you have people in sorrow and people with joy. Why? Well, the folks who remember the first temple say this is not man this this ain't this, this ain't this this like doesn't what doesn't compare. Right. And so they're like, yo, God's glory, presence, the fire, the cloud none of that is here. It's just right. this little building. It's smaller. All of this is like, yo, this is no, this is no comparison. Right. Um, and I'm just reminded of something you said, bro, like as a pastor, man, there's, no, there's never been one day where you didn't hear sorrow and singing <laughs> right. in the same day, right? Where there wasn't yeah, both yeah, suffering yeah. and glory. And it's yeah. the same here with the people of God where it can uh, be in one community. Now, the thing that's crazy, though, is he's trying to set us up for something. Right. He wants us to know that exile is not the end of the story, but yes. the return isn't, right? Nah. Yeah. We got to wait till John chapter one, right? Right. When it talks about, we see Jesus and we beheld, John will say, yo, we beheld his glory. And then in chapter two, you know what he does? He cleanses the temple. He says, yo, Yeah. I am the temple. Break down this temple in three days. I'll raise it again. So we have to wait on the full restoration, the full uh, extent of salvation. And that's what he's trying to show us here. Um, But even in this story, I want people to know, yo, the height of God's blessing will far exceed the depth of our disappointments. Right. Mm. Even even if in the midst of our disappointments, we don't realize it. Right. These people don't realize that God is setting them up for something so much greater in Christ. Yeah. Uh, Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, bro. (laughs) So it ends off with,
0: yeah, exile's not the end of the story. We see God intervene, brings them the temple being built. But I think the thing that we see is, yo, God's initial intervention is not the end of the story either. Mm -hmm. There's always opposition. And so this little section Mm -hmm. that we're reading ends off with, opposition yeah yep. whenever you go about to do God's will Man. right since the his- since the creation of the world yeah. there have been forces that oppose the will of God it shouldn't catch you by surprise uh uh nor right nor this like nor should you take it personally mm. right That it's like you're renting out the house. Yeah. So when mail comes to the owner, even if it's hate mail, you may pick up the mail, but it is not addressed to you. This opposition is against God. Don't take it personally, but you need to do what they do here. And they pass it along to God. It's like, yo, God, there's people, yeah, trying to stop
1: what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's uh crazy because Chapter four, you have to like read it carefully. Basically, when they first come back, Zerubbabel and the uh, people that came with him, they get initial pushback from the people who were already there right yep. and so basically you had people um who got settled into the land from when Assyria came and so they're like yo can we help and all this kind of stuff and they're like man gone like y'all y'all messing with us boom we not rocking with y'all and so the text moves forward right this right. this is what it does it's crazy it moves forward hundreds of years so it'll talk about mm. this time right in the in the time of Cyrus mm. but then it'll say yo in the time of, of Xerxes and then in the time of Artaxerxes. And what it does is it, it, it skips past just like plain historical time and fast forward to the future to show you that this antagonism to the Jewish people back in their own land was a deep rooted issue in the fabric of this society that lasted right. for over a 100 years Right. So right. in other words, there are some problems that are rooted in the fabric of a society that may last for over a century or centuries. Right. Ooh, talk, talk. So, so so, what that would mean, bro, is that sometimes when we're doing God's work as we mm. ought to we may face opposition and may not see the problems eradicated in our lifetime, bro. Right, right, right. You see right, what I'm right. saying? So so yep. we can't ever say that like injustice can't be rooted in the fabric of a culture because we see it here in the text, right? right. And it's so crazy because um, it shows that, yo, they write this uh, letter to Art Xerxes saying, yo, all these people um, are acting crazy. And they play on This is so crazy In their letter to him They play on him losing money Right right? They make it about money And it gets political this ain't
0: good for your bottom line This ain't
1: good for the reign of your empire For your empire, right? Right, yep And so man, like Bro, we may not see it in our lifetime But because we know how the story ends Because we read Revelation 22 Mm. We don't have to grow in despair Because we know the end from the beginning Amen.
0: Yo, let's, yeah, quick, yeah, yeah, prayer to keep us on our day. Father, we yeah. thank you uh, that you are the author of history. Yeah. I pray uh, when we find ourselves uh, running up against opposition and desperately want to edit or change mm. the sentence, would you remind us that you've left that there purposely and there's something that you're going to do about it. Help us to trust in you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.